Welcome to EPRI Unplugged, the podcast of the Electric Power Research Institute. I'm Renita Crawford. On today's episode, we're considering the role of nuclear energy in a clean energy future. And we're going to be discussing maintaining reactors that are currently online around the world. One of our leading nuclear experts is joining me uh, in our Charlotte office to offer her unique perspective. Um, Sherry Bernhoff is a senior program manager for long-term operations at EPRI. Sherry, tell me a little bit about your background and how long have you been with EPRI? Okay, well, thank you, Renita. It's nice to be here this morning. Uh, I have been with EPRI since 2012. Prior to that, I had over 30 years working at commercial nuclear power plants around the country. I've worked at four different plants in the United States. I've been in the area of operations, engineering, and regulatory affairs. Since coming with EPRI, I did come on with the long-term operations program, and it's been very exciting. Well, it's great to have you here. You have quite a unique background, very varied background. Um, you know, recently we had the opportunity to attend EPRI's Nuclear Power Council, where there were uh, lots of discussions around long-term operations. It was a, a very comprehensive look at, at the research that we're doing within EPRI. I want to start by talking about the status of the current fleet of nuclear reactors. And your research team is looking closely at aging management and life extension of current reactors. Now, in the U.S., most plants have been approved for the first period of license renewal out to 60 years of operation, and they're interested in second license renewal out to 80 years. What can you share from your research on the potential of extending licenses to 80 years? Yes, um, thank you for that opportunity. The first thing I wanted to make sure is that understand that we are building on decades of research that EPRI has accumulated to this point. Our key areas that we're looking at are the metal materials for the reactor coolant systems, the concrete for the large civil structures, and the cables that are throughout the plant. They're the passive, long-lived systems that would be very costly for a utility to to replace. So that's why we've really focused our studies in those areas. With the research that we've done to date, the, the most important thing for to take away is that there are no generic technical showstoppers. Then building on that, the important foundation for long-term operations, as you said, out to 80 years, is that the plants run safely and reliably within their current licensing basis. So the research that we're doing does two things. One, it helps inform the utility decision makers that are considering long-term operations versus having to install some other type of generation capacity. They need to make that decision early. So we're putting our technical reports out early to support the decision makers. And then as they start going to the application for the second license renewal, that will have the technical basis that they can use to develop the aging management programs for their application to the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And what about um, international plant operators? How does this apply to them or does it apply to them? It directly applies to them. Uh, they experience the same thing with the reactor coolant system metals, the concrete, and the cables. It is, it's an international issue. There's over 400 reactors operating around the world. If you look at the population, the, the, the population is 30-plus years. Uh, many of the international countries do start talking about license renewal at 30 years of operations, and they are looking at pushing their licenses out to 50 and 60 years, and there are a few that are even talking for beyond 60 years of operation. We're working very closely with the um, IAEA 
on developing this, the same templates for the international utilities that they would use in what they're calling the International Generic Aging Lessons Learned Report that their regulators would use. Okay, so it, this is a very thorough research, and it looks like it's going to be applicable to U.S. as well as our international members. That is correct. Yeah. When we're talking about a clean energy and reducing O2, uh, CO2 emissions, obviously nuclear power is, is a key component. What could it mean for CO2 reduction goals if the current fleet of reactors, both in the U.S. and around the world, are not extended beyond 60 years? In the United States, we'll talk about that, 62% of the carbon-free admission comes from the existing nuclear fleet. It's 20% of the total generation, but it's 62% of the generation that is carbon-free. If the plants are not able to extend their licenses for 60 to 80 years, starting in 2029, the current fleet of plants will start to shut down. And it's a fairly steep drop-off that we start losing that carbon-free admission in the United States without being able to extend the licenses out to 80 years of operation. So it is a critical element. So one, it keeps a carbon-free asset online for an additional 20 years. And second, it's a really good bridging strategy while the industry works on developing the advanced generation, the Gen 4 reactors. EPRI is working closely with two U.S. plants now who have indicated that they plan to apply for a second license renewal. What's the status on that? Yeah, that is correct. We are working very closely right now with Dominion for their Surrey plant, and we're working also with Exelon for their Peach Bottom plant. One is a, a pressurized water reactor, a PWR. The other is a BWR, a boiling water reactor. That allows us to work directly with them on developing the technical basis that will go into their aging management programs for application. That'll be the template for the, the future plants behind them to use as well. The Peach Bottom plant right now is targeting to apply for the second license renewal in the 2018 timeframe. And the Surrey plant Dominion is looking at applying in the 2019 timeframe. We're working closely with their staffs on some of the metal materials aging issues, the reactor pressure vessel surveillance programs as an example, and it, inspections of their core internals preparing those programs for out to 80 years of operations. And we're also working with them on inspection guidance for their large civil concrete structures. For the first license renewal that you talked about, the 40 to 60 years, the concrete structures were given a visual inspection, but not there wasn't a lot of operating experience that had any concerns with the concrete. Since that time, we've learned and we've seen some other additional operating experience with concrete. So we'll be taking a lot more detailed look at some of the, the concrete structures. So, for example, two weeks ago, we had a team at the Surrey plant helping assist them with some of their site walkdowns on some of their concrete and civil structures to start designing their inspection program for, for concrete. So the U.S. fleet is an older fleet. Um, nuclear has been around for decades, a lot older than our international members, their plants. Um, any other plants looking to extend licenses down the road? I mean, is that something that just has to happen? Uh, you're talking in the U.S.? Yes, in the U.S. Yeah. Yes, we have, through our long-term operations program, we work closely with our utility members and also with the Nuclear Energy Institute, NEI. And recently, NEI did send out a survey to the U.S. members 
there's there's a large population that is closely watching the two lead plants and have expressed an interest on being in queue for second license renewal after the two lead plants are, you know, submitted okay. with success. And it, it's not a secret. Duke Energy recently put out a press release that they're they're seriously evaluating their fleet for second license renewal. Okay. So but definitely EPRI has a role here to help with the, the technical research and the aging management program. We have a lot to offer. Right. And we are through our long-term operations program and our relationship with our members, you know, talking to several others, helping answer their questions. Quite a few that, you know, we know we're talking to are actively involved right now in their business case decisions. And so we, they call and we help point them to some of our different technical publications that they can use as they're pulling mm-hmm. together their business case for their boards of directors. Well, let's t- switch gears just a little. Uh, I want to talk about the economics of all of this. How important are the economics and the decision to extend a plant's license? And what are some things that EPRI's looking at where technology is enabling this cost effectiveness? And we know that delivering the nuclear promise is a is an, an initiative um, that uh, EPRI is supporting along with NEI and EMPO. So how how does that all play into this? I mean, obviously, cutting cost, um, which is part of this initiative, by 30% by 2018, uh, that's that's a very, um, I guess, rigorous objective. That That is correct. That's through the delivering the nuclear promise, you know, NEI and the executives in the U.S. industry, you know, have set, you know, a very aggressive goal, but, you know, you want to be aggressive to, to work towards it. Uh, EPRI research is informing a lot of those activities with regard to some of the preventive maintenance programs, the work practices. Those aren't directly in the long-term operations program, but within the long-term operations program, we are working closely to ensure that the technical basis for the aging management programs is is not going to put undue burden on the utilities when they get into that period of extended operations. We recently had the opportunity to review the draft guidance for second license renewal that the NRC put out in draft for review. We spent hundreds of hours going through those and providing comments through NEI and directly to the NRC where we saw some of the inspection requirements maybe overburden some to the utilities. From a technical standpoint, you know, we were able to question some of the, the, the inspections that they were requiring, some of the frequencies that they were suggesting so that they, they ensure, you know, safe operation, but, you know, not put too much burden on the utilities for increased inspection scopes for second license renewal. And then overall for second license renewal, the the big advantage that it gives you is you've got the existing asset that's operating well. You know, we all know the great operating experience right now in the U.S. with the plants. They're safe, reliable, and have, you know, a great capacity factor. But you also now have, for that investment that you already have established, you get another additional 20 years of operations. And some of the things that enables our members to do uh, in talking with them, you know, some of them are looking at upgrades to their 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 existing system, you know, replacing some of their, their power transformers so that they have increased reliability, possibly replacing some of their steam generator, some of their secondary side piping, which will only increase the reliability of the systems for that additional 20 years of operation. Fairly low overall capital investment for, you know, continued reliable generation for another 20 years. 
We know that the regulatory process is another area that's um, very rigorous and, and uh, very robust process. And EPRI's research is going to support that process by providing the technical evaluation that will cover all plants. And we know that requires specific technical application. Can you expand on that? Yes, I can give some examples with that. We can go back to the you know the three major areas where we where we're working on the research for the passive long lived components, and that is the the reactor coolant system metals, which includes the reactor pressure vessel, the internals to the reactor pressure vessels. So for the reactor pressure vessel, you're required to do uh, surveillance coupons, you know, to test for the mm-hmm. effects of radiation long term. EPRI has a project where we're working with all the members in the United States to have a common database of all those surveillance capsule coupons and be able to extend that data out to show that beyond 80 years of operations, you won't have issues with the embrittlement of the reactor pressure vessels. Another area where we're doing a lot of work is with the electrical cables. You know, there's miles and miles of cables in the plants today. We're looking at the way that the cables are affected by temperature and radiation over time to show that you have an ability to inspect your cables, determine if they're they're safe for the long-term operating effect or which ones you may have to identify for replacement. And then as I said before, concrete is an area where a lot of additional attention will be coming in for the 60 to 80 years, and we're working very closely with the utilities on developing the inspection and guidelines for the concrete. You know, we talked about 60 and then 80. I, I hear 100 years is also on the radar, right? I, I've heard that too. <laughs> I always say my, my, my children will enjoy working on that project. <laughs> and I guess that's certainly, that's under consideration. I guess that's not too unrealistic to think that these plants will be extending to 100 years at some point. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't close the door on it. I think yeah. years ago, somebody would have said eighty was. Yeah. <laughs> so let's think big. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, on a personal note, I'm curious um, what attracted you to the industry. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's interesting. I got out of college with a degree in chemical engineering, and uh, I wanted to work on something that had you know clean energy behind it. And I actually really thought I was going to work on clean coal technologies for a while, but the uh, mm-hmm. Department of Energy ended up, I was hired for a company that was going to work on some clean coal technology. And at that time period, the Department of Energy funding didn't come through for that project. So I mm-hmm. signed up to go work on, on nuclear. And when I first went out to the plants and started working out of the plants, I fell in love. So I dropped working wow. for, <laughs> I only worked for the consulting for a year. And there's nothing wrong with consulting firms. They're, they're very important. Right. But once I got out in working in a plant, I went to work for a utility at the plant. And I, I haven't turned back. It's It's a great environment, you know. Working in the nuclear power plants, you really learn a lot about the importance of of safety and, you know, root cause analysis, know what's going on, be very rigorous and robust. Yeah. Compliance with procedures. It 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 really trains you for high standards. When you think about long term operations, is there any area of research that you'd like maybe perhaps EPRI to go into that direction or some areas where maybe we will open up in the future? For long-term operations, uh, like I said, we're really, in the near term right now, we're, we're focused on the, the work to support the, the technical basis for some of the license renewal 
We have a lot of work that is really starting right now in a very exciting area, and that's how you enable modernization of things like the instrument control systems. You know, work work mm-hmm. is starting in that area. So being able to get some plants now that are actually going to operate out to 80 years, I think it's really going to enable and get a lot of interest for a lot more work in, you know, fully digital control rooms mm-hmm. this in, is very in the exciting. future. Yeah. It is. I was recently out at Idaho National Labs, and they're working with one of our utility members on laying out what a fully modernized control room in a United States plant could look like. And they had some of their operating crews working with the mimics, and you could just see the excitement of the operators, too, of like, I want this in a plant near me. Right. (laughs) I like that line. (laughs) Um, What do you think the nuclear landscape will look like 20 years from now? What I hope it looks like is that we're going to have, you know, some small modular reactors ready to come online, and we're going to be well into the design phases of the, the Gen 4 technologies right. mm-hmm. that will, you know, take us through to the next generation. Right. I know there's a lot of research been, being done in that area, and EPRI's involved in that as well. And um, we'll be talking a little bit more about that in a, in a future podcast. Yeah, that's a, that is a great area to, you know, just enable the future. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here and talking with us today. So until next time, we're shaping the future of electricity.